Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Hey, if you got a Bible tonight, go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Um, tonight, if you don't have a Bible, let me just encourage you that uh, you would get a Bible. If you don't own a Bible, um, steal a Bible and ask God for forgiveness. Whatever you got to do, get a Bible uh, and bring your Bible to church. One of the things uh, that kind of marks our church, not just our youth ministry, but our church, is that we're, we're a Bible teaching church. Uh, if, if you don't know what the Bible is or why that is, let me just give you a quick kind of thought. Uh, we, we believe the Bible is not just a book, but the Bible is the actual living, breathing Word of God. The Bible says that every single word in this book, cover to cover, it was inspired by the Spirit of God. So men wrote it, but men wrote it under the inspiration of God. And while the Bible is a book that was written thousands of years ago, the Bible still speaks to you and I today just as real as whatever fell back there. God's word is still falling from heaven. Someone said, amen. It's like randomly tying stuff together. It doesn't even work, Brandon. God's word's falling from heaven. What are you talking about? Um, it's, it works. Uh, but but we're, we're just a church that we, we believe in the Bible, and we believe in studying the scripture. Um, hey, Brad, if I'm still in the monitors, will you take me out of all these monitors if I'm in there? Uh, but we, we're just a church. We believe in the Bible. We believe in studying the Bible uh, because this is the source. Someone say source. This is the source of knowing God. This is the source of growing in relationship with God. This is our source for God disciplining and correcting and molding and shaping our life so we can do all that God's called us to do and we can be everything God's called us to be. If you're a believer in Jesus and you want all that God has for you, you gotta start getting obsessed with the Bible. And so if you don't have a Bible, it's not a huge deal, but I just encourage you to get a Bible and to bring it to church and get notes and a notepad and write down what God's saying and take notes because every time we gather, here's the expectation, okay? Not from you, someone say not me, not from me, but here's the expectation we have of God, that every time we gather and we open the scripture, Jesus would say all the time when he was preaching, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Did you know you could be present in a building and not really be present? Anybody besides from me, you've ever had your parents talking to you at length and you were present, but you didn't hear a word they said? Like I, I have a, a father who is a talker uh, and apparently so am I, cause I talk way, occasionally my wife's like, Brandon, seriously stop talking. Like you, you've overdone it, the kids, like they, you lost them, stop talking. But I, I'd ask my dad a question or my dad would be like correcting me and he would just talk for so long that I'd be like, Lord, tune me back in when it's about to end because I, I, can't, I can't handle it all. You can be present but not actually be receiving. Jesus goes, listen, you can be here but not actually have ears to hear. Not a preacher, but hear what God's saying. We believe every one of us, if we've given our life to Jesus, we have living within us the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And so as we, we gather on Wednesdays and we're opening the Bible, it's the expectation that we're saying, God, we need you to speak to us from the inside and help us to know what you need us to know so we can go out of here and be more of who you want us to be. Someone said amen. So Philippians chapter 3, we started this series last week um, called Under Construction. 
And uh, I'm going to read you this verse. It's not Philippians. Uh, it's, uh, well, it is Philippians, but it's not Philippians 3. It's Philippians 1. I want to read you this verse. We read it last week. We'll keep reading it as long as we're in this series. Um, but Philippians 1, 6, the Apostle Paul is writing, and he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has began begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul goes, here's the reality. God, he started something in you. So, someone look at your neighbor and say, he started something in you. He's he, in you. And if your neighbor's asleep, just hit him real quick because they should wake up. But um, I promise you, when, when I first became a youth pastor, I got uh, assigned to do like the Sunday morning Bible study. And it was four kids every single week. Um, I would give you their names, but I, I'm not going to. And it was upstairs in like, we have a kids ministry building. It used to be the boardwalk, the boardwalk balcony. And I promise you every single week, no matter what I did, it's like four kids and I'm trying the best to like teach them the Bible. I didn't really know what I was talking about because I was just starting. And every week, two of them would fall dead asleep. Like they wouldn't even try. They're just like, and so I'm, I'm good at talking to sleeping people, but tonight you shouldn't sleep. Um, but but, but Hall goes, listen, God, he started something in you. Every one of us, God has began a good work. But the fact that Paul says this, he's faithful to complete it. Here's what it means, that all of us, we are a work in progress. Did you know tonight that you are a work in progress? Like, I hate to break it to you. And some of you, this is gonna be like earth shattering information you don't know everything. I know some of you are like, nah, that's what my mom said, bro. And I, I, re, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. But like, you don't know everything. Um, your maturity level, it needs work. Your social skills, for the love of God, need work. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm not good at talking. I'm only good at texting on it. Like, it needs work. You, spiritually, like, you need work. Every single one of us, we are a work in progress. And we, we used this illustration last week, um, and someone said, you should have said this specifically, uh, what's the hotel over at Morningstar called? What, what is it? The Morningstar Hotel. There's this hotel, I don't know, thank you, Caleb. Um, I don't know if you, if you know what I'm talking about, but there's this hotel that's been under construction forever. And, and for, for so many people, can I just say, like that hotel, your life has been in the same place forever. But, but, but here's the reality about that hotel and about life. There is no neutral in life. Like if you don't get one thing from, uh, uh, from, from, from being in LYC, your high school, middle school career, if that's even what you call it, um, can you just get this in your spirit? There's no neutral. You are either always going backwards or going forwards. There's no neutral in, in your spiritual life. There's no neutral in relationship with God. And for all of you or some of you or any of you who are in neutral right now, just know you are rolling backwards. And, and just like that hotel, it's been under construction forever. But I promise you that as the years have gone by, the condition of that building hasn't gotten better. It's gotten, it's gotten worse. And, and like a construction project, the reality is that our life, although it is a work in progress, it requires our cooperation. God is so good, by the way, and God is so gracious and God is so generous that he does not force things on any of us. That's why the Bible says in Revelations, behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
Do you know the most irritating thing in the world to, to me? And when my kids become teenagers, help me, Jesus, and help them. Um, but when, when, my, when my girls who are eight and six think they can lock their door, I go and I'm like, the door's not even supposed to be shut. Why, why is it locked? Most of the time they're keeping their brother out because he is kind of on a mission to drive them insane. Um, but like, I get irritated being like, hey, I will kick this door down. This is my, the Bible goes, God doesn't do that. God, he, he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. The Bible says, behold, any who will hear the knock, any who will hear the knocking at, at the door of their heart and open the door, he will come in and dine with them. In other words, it requires our cooperation. Oh, God desires to complete and continue completing this good work he started in you, but it requires your cooperation. We started last week talking about different mindsets. Someone say mindset. Different mindsets that we have to have if we're gonna see the work of God in our life keep going. And the first one we talked about last week is humility. Here is a marker of spiritual maturity, humility. The moment I meet someone that thinks they know it all, thinks that they see it all, thinks that they have the perspective above all perspectives and they don't need anyone to tell them, I go, oh, how cute. You need help. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're so cute. Oh my gosh, Lord, let's pray right now for whatever this is, this insecurity that causes them to put the middle finger on their forehead and act like they know everything. God help them. It's like you're proving that I'm, I, I'm, I'm not there. Paul, we're going to read in Philippians 3, he, he actually says, um, spiritual people who are maturing have this mindset. We'll read it in a minute, but he says they have this mindset that they go, I have not arrived. Big deal for Paul to say, by the way, who authored over two-thirds of the New Testament and who gave us so much of our theology. If anyone would have arrived other than Jesus, I think it would have been Paul. Paul goes, here's this mindset everyone should have who is mature. I haven't arrived. I'm not there yet. In other words, I need, I need to be humble. I need to receive. I need to posture my life to say, I am a work in progress. And God, I need you and everyone you will send to help me so this work can become complete. I want to talk tonight about the second mindset. And if you're taking notes, you can write down the title of the sermon tonight. Uh, I'm titling the sermon this, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. For anyone who has been dumped recently, I'm kidding. Uh, title of the sermon tonight, it's time to move on. Look at your neighbor, uh, the one you, you've been ignoring all night and not talking to, the other one, and say, it's time to move on. Like, it's, it's time to move on. The mindset I want to talk about tonight, the mindset I want to talk about tonight is a mindset that really just says this, I can't stay here. I want to talk about the mindset tonight that says, you know what? I actually can't stay where I am. Like, I can't stay right here. Philippians 3 verse 13, I'm sorry, verse 12, where we're going to start tonight. Uh, reading through verse 15, Paul is writing. This is our theme text for the entire series. Uh, Paul is writing and Paul says this, again, starting with humility. Not that I have already attained or am already perfect. AKA, I'm a work in progress. 
Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Verse 13, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, someone say one thing, but one thing I do, listen to this, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, as any as are mature, let them have this mindset. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. In other words, if you don't agree, oh, you're so cute, we're praying for you soon, God will show you this actually is spiritual maturity. I, I titled the sermon tonight, It's Time to Move On, because the thing that Paul says is the one thing he does is he moves on. Uh, by show of hands, have you ever experienced something in life before, whether it is serious or not super serious, uh, but it was hard for you to move on? Anybody? Anybody? It was, it was hard for you to move on? Um, everyone, even if your hand wasn't up because you're like, I'm too cool for church, um, you've been there before. Uh, I, I can remember a number of things. I think I've told you about my first day ever in Fort Mill High School. Have I told you this before? My first day ever. Well, Caleb, you've been here forever. So of course, you, I'm kidding. Um, my first day ever at Fort Mill High School, it was raining. I was wearing Abercrombie and Fitch slip, uh, flip-flops. Still remember, they were blue. They were awesome. And uh, Abercrombie used to be cool, by the way. Do they even exist anymore? Yeah. They still exist? Does anybody wear Abercrombie? Like some people do. Yeah. Like I was, I was so into Abercrombie. Um, not the point, but I'm wearing these sandals. It's raining. And I walk in the first day of school first class. I'm late because I don't know where I'm going. We're back in B-Wing, Formal High School art class. And I hit the front door and I fall. I like literally go airborne. I slip. I'm in the air. I land flat on my back. And this is my introduction to, for like months, I'm like, what a loser. Like I, I was so embarrassed. Like there's the new kid from California that can't walk. Hey, welcome everybody. I am an idiot. And I, I just like, I couldn't move on. I found, though, that in, in maybe a more real way that most things that you and I can't move on from are, are things that people actually don't see and pe people don't actually know about. I, I found that for, for me and for, for most people that most things we have a hard time moving on from, they're internal things. Like they're, like they're, they're, they're things like, like secret sin. We, no one likes talking about that, but they're things like like sin that's in our life, patterns of behavior, thoughts, things that we, that we participate in, things that we do, things that we think that nobody knows about, but we do. And, and the shame or the guilt or the condemnation from that thing, it's, it's hard to move past that. It's, th it's things like when, when our heart gets broken, and I don't just mean, you know, you got dumped on prom. I, I mean, like something happens to you in life. Someone says something. 
Someone makes a comment. Someone makes a promise that they do not keep and, and, it, and it breaks something on the inside. And even though nobody sees it, it's hard for you to move past that. See, a lot of the things that we have a hard time moving on from, nobody would ever know. Be, because we do our best externally to put on a happy face. Come on, anybody, have you ever like realized that anybody and everybody, when you go, hey man, how are you doing? The answer is always what? It's good. Like when's the last time you're like, hey, how are you doing? And someone's like, actually, I'm having the worst year of my life. And I, like, no one does that. Like you want to make someone feel uncomfortable next time you're in public or you're in church, ooh, a church on a Sunday and some unexpecting usher or greeter, part of guest experience team, they're just trying to be out there doing their job and they're like, hey, how you doing? Hit him with something serious and watch them be like, Pastor Brandon, I'm not trained for this. I, uh, I, I only know how to do like, you know, the greet and grin. How you doing? But that's all I know. But no one would know because we do our best to keep moving on socially, but we're, but we're still here. We, we do our best to move on like in, in life so no one knows that we feel stuck. But, but come on, there's people that they, they're in their 40s, they're in their 50s. There's people that they die on their deathbed, not having moved on on the inside for something that happened when they were 12 years old. Like it's, it's funny, it's, it's dumb stuff. And I'm not saying it's all dumb stuff. I, I shouldn't have said that. But it's funny how the smallest of things, that's more appropriate, how the smallest of things can stick with us. I don't know if you've ever had a jerk friend before. Um, I, I had a habit in middle school and high school picking really not nice friends. And um, I had a friend, and I'll never forget, like so, so little, so dumb, so small. But being in a circle, and it's me and, and my buddy, I won't say his name, um, in case he's listening to the podcast. By the way, this is so random, but I got to tell you this. I'm so cautious of like saying things now. I had a friend from seventh grade. I'm 34 years old. I can't even do the math. I don't know how long ago that was. From seventh grade, he DM'd me on Instagram. and He's like, hey, bro, I don't know if you remember me. Um, so like I found your podcast. All those stories you tell about that friend it's me, right? He's like, I'm pretty sure you used my name one time. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, bro, I'm so sorry. And we had a good laugh, but I'm like, okay, newsflash, people could listen. I shouldn't say people's names. So we're in a circle and, and, and I walk up and I say something and my friend goes, oh, bro, oh, 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 bro, your breath smells so bad. Oh, like, right. and everyone starts laughing. So dumb. But for whatever reason, it stuck with me. And, and it was like this, this insecurity, this thing that like I couldn't move past internally because I felt in this moment so embarrassed and shamed and like, what the heck, bro? You know, I was trying to get her phone number. Not really because I'm too scared to ask for a girl's phone number, but you know, I was thinking about it, man. And you, and it's the smallest stuff, but it sticks with us. Philippians 3.13, here's what Paul says. I'll read it again. He says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I want to give you three thoughts tonight, really just from this scripture about how, how, how we can posture ourselves 
so the work of God in our life can continue. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. But it's simply this, that it's, it's the mindset, it's knowing there's always more in front of me that God has for my life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you have or have not done. I don't care of the mistakes you've made. I don't care about the sin that you're living in right now that you have not confessed and you need to and you need to repent. But you, there's always more in front of you that God has for your life. Brandon, why, why, why is that kind of the starting point? Shouldn't the starting point be like, like forgetting the, the past? No, no, it's the starting point because here's what the Bible says. We, we won't read, read it, but you can write it down. That's why I encourage you to take notes. Um, Proverbs 29, 18 says this, that where there's no vision, someone say no vision. No vision. Where there's no vision, people go, nah, who cares? Whatever. The Bible says, Proverbs 28, 18, where there is no vision, the people, they cast off restraint. Why try? Who cares? Doesn't even matter. Whatever. Habakkuk 2, 2 says this, that um, we need a vision in front of us or we won't run after it. Do, do you know why so many people get apathetic and so many people get stuck where they are? Because they've convinced themselves, God has to be done with me. God has to be done with this guy because I've made too many mistakes. You know what I think is, is worse than making too many mistakes? I think what's worse than making too many mistakes is making too many mistakes and then finding yourself at a camp or in a church service or maybe in, in your bedroom, getting right with God and saying, God, I need you and God forgive my sins and I'll never do it again and like having a big moment only to make all the same mistakes again over and over again. And, and I, I've been a pastor's kid and a Christian long enough to know that you, you do that three, four, five, six, seven hundred times it feels like, and you start feeling like, Psh. like e even if I went to God, e even if I was serious this time, there's no way God's like not just done with me. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says this, says for the gifts and the calling of God irrevocable. Let that sink in tonight. That God actually has given you a gift. Every single one, every single one of us, the Bible says there is a gift that God has given you. You have gifting, you have grace from God. You are brilliant in areas. You just maybe don't know it yet. I heard, heard someone say recently that everybody is a genius in their own right. Everyone has some sort of brilliance, some sort of genius, some sort of gift or grace that God has given you. He has not given somebody else. You have gifting. You have grace. And can I tell you tonight, God has called you. Like by name, before you were born, God has called you. He said, no, you, I'm calling you for a purpose and a plan. And here's what I love about this verse, Romans 11, 29. Listen to what it says. It says, the gifts and the callings of God are ear revocable. God doesn't take those away. Can, can I tell you, there will never come a point in your life ever that God goes, okay, enough's enough. This is getting out of hand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're just, this is, this is out of hand. This is, I know, I know, Gabriel, you told me, I know. I don't want to hear. I told you, I, I know, I know. It's just, no, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. It's just, it's, it's really gotten out of hand. It's too much. 
I, um, there's a lot that I wanted to do with your life, a lot of gift and grace that I had from you. Yeah, even the pen, it's just, okay. Uh, Jesus, start looking, we, we're gonna need, never, ever, ever. I, I, I love the story of Jonah. I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with Jonah. Thank you so much for letting me steal stuff from you. Um, I love the story of Jonah because Jonah, like Jonah wasn't just making mistakes. Jonah was flat out running from God. Do you remember this story? God's like, hey, there's a people that I'm gonna send you to preach to. They're all gonna get saved. And Jonah's like, I hate those people. Hold, hold on, hold on. What's, what's the plan? You're sending me and I'm gonna, like, I'm literally gonna be the guy going, turn or burn, repent. But instead of like getting like canceled and blasted on social media, it's actually gonna work. And they're all gonna get saved and you're gonna, nah, I'm out. Jonah literally, he's like, I'd rather see those people die. They're my enemies. That whole people group, they're the worst, God. They don't even have iPhones. They're, God, they're literally the people in the text group that doesn't have an iPhone and it ruins the whole thing. <laughs> they're that, like, they're those people, God. No, I can't, I can't. And the, like, the Bible goes, Jonah literally runs the opposite direction. And God finds him and God's like, hey, yo, bro, I'm, I'm not done with you. He goes, you know what? Forget it. Um, who wants Jonah for dinner? This guy, and he jumps in the ocean, gets swallowed by, in, by a whale. And, and, and what does God do? God sends this whale and he spits him back up on the shore. And in, in essence, God's like, all right, man, you, you, you ready? Can I tell you, God, he will never stop knocking at the door of your heart. Oh, we, we get really good at ignoring it. We get really good at shutting it out. We get really good at distracting ourselves and busying ourselves and convincing ourselves, but God never leaves us alone. Like I've said this before, but that whole question, like, Brandon, what would you do if you're not a pastor? I'd be miserable, that's what I would do. Because I know that if I didn't say yes to what God was asking me to do, I, I'd go home to be with Jesus and I would die on my deathbed with this thing scratching at me because the gifts and calls of God are irrevocable. God has a purpose and God has a plan and he always has more in front of you. You might be here tonight and you might feel like you are the worst of the worst. You are the lowest of the lowest. You might be, like I said, in the middle of unrepentant sin that, that, that is not okay in any way and you know it and he knows it and so-and-so knows it. Can I tell you, God still has more in front of you. The reason it's a big deal that you know that is because that should give you, give you motivation, give you drive to say, God, if you're not done with me, I don't want to be done with me. God, if you haven't given up on me, if you still have a calling on my life, I want to press forward. Brandon, how, how do I do that? Write this down, second thought tonight. How in the world do I do that? It's, it's having this understanding that God's mercy and his grace is always more than enough for me. God's mercy and his grace is always more than enough. Go with me, if you have a Bible, go with me to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Uh, John is writing and he, he says this, if, someone say if, if we confess our sins, pause real quick. 
Um, I just want you to know that this is not speaking of some ritualistic religious experience where you got to go and like posture yourself in a certain way. Be like, all right, Lord, I'm going to need this again, Caitlin. Thank you so much. All right, Lord, I've made a list. Made a list of the 500 things that I did bad last week. Are you ready? Are you sure? Okay. Brace yourself, Lord. It's going to get pretty dark. Okay. Number one, I, it's like, like that's not what it means. When, when it says confess your sin, what it's speaking to is coming to God and saying, God, I need you. God, this, you've been dealing me, dealing with me in, in my life about this. And God, I'm just, I'm just saying I agree with you. God, this is sin. It's not right. It's not okay. And God, I need, I need help. That, that's confession. Confession is coming into agreement with what the Holy Spirit is convicting you about. God, this, I, I know it's not right. Lord, I'm coming to you and I'm just, I'm bringing this to you saying, I need help. Listen, the Bible says, when you confess your sin, I want you to see two words tonight. He is faithful. Someone say faithful. Faithful meaning he will do it every single time. Brandon, what if I have to confess the same sin every single day? He's faithful. Every single time. He is faithful and just. Someone say just. Just means that he, he, he's right in doing it. Any drivers in the house, you got your license, you drive. Um, anybody you willing to admit you've ever been pulled over before and you've gotten a speeding ticket? My, there's my people right there. Um, listen, I, I was destined for, this, for the ticket. I got, I got a ticket before I even got my license. I, yeah, I, so I had a friend that used to drive me to school. Uh, his, his name was, was, was C.B. Bynum. And um, he, he would drive me to school. And one day we're, we're driving, we're about to pull in Fort Formal High School parking lot. We get pulled over. And I'm like, bro, dude, what did you do? I'm in the passenger seat. I'm like, you're busted, bro. Like, what did you do? He's like, I don't, I don't know. And I'm, 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 I'm being like the worst friend ever. I'm like, loser. Like, dude, your mom's going to be so mad. <laughs> knock, 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 knock. <laughs> Wrong side, officer. Um, and he, he, he goes, do, do, do you have your license? I have a learner's permit. And he goes, that'll do. Let me have it. <laughs> like, I'm not even driving. And I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And I got a seatbelt ticket. But <laughs> and, and as mad as I was, I couldn't really get mad at him because I didn't have a seatbelt on. When you're just in doing something, it means, no, like, like you're, you're, you're in the clear. You're in the right. The, the Bible goes that when you, you come and you bring your sin to God, that he is faithful, meaning every single time he will do it, and he is just, meaning he has every right to do it. To First John 1, 9, to forgive you of your sin and to clean you, to cleanse you, to wash you from all unrighteousness. If, 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 you, if you don't know this, let me just give you a quick, like, theological thought. Um, sin separated us from God. The, the only payment for sin was death. It's 
the, the only payment. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The only payment for sin is, is death. And the Bible says that God so loved the world, he so loved you and I, that he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus, he lived a perfect, someone say perfect. He lived a perfect life. Jesus, because he lived a perfect life, he did not have to pay the penalty for his own sin, but he could pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, listen to the scripture. The Bible says this, for he who knew no sin, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, we might become the righteousness of God. There's this, there's this passage, and I don't know if this is really the way that it goes. Um, and, and I remember my, my, my Bible professor, he said, now, I don't know if this is the way that it goes. He said, but, but I always think about it like this. Uh, Jesus, right before he died on the cross, he, he was in prison. He was in prison along with a guy named Barabbas. Someone say Barabbas. That's a cool name, Barabbas. And, and it was custom that they would release one prisoner. And, and, and the king, he did not want to crucify Jesus for he didn't see any, any, any right to crucify, any need to crucify him. He hadn't done anything. And, and, and so he, he goes to the crowd. He, he goes, who, 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 who should I release? And the, and the whole crowd, they start going, Barabbas, 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 Barabbas. Barabbas was a murderer. A, a, not he murdered one person. He was a murderer. He was an evil person. He was a bad person. The crowd's going, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. And the king goes, well, who, who do you want me to crucify? The crowd starts screaming. Or, I'm sorry, he, he goes, what do you want me to do with this man, Jesus? And the crowd starts screaming, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. That's what the text says. I'll never forget my, my Bible professor saying, you know, every time I read that scripture, I, I wonder what it must have been like to be Barabbas. Barabbas is in prison. The, the prison historically would have been within proximity where he would have been able to hear the crowd. And according to the text, here's what Barabbas hears. Barabbas, 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 Barabbas. He knows what he's done. He knows the life he's lived. A couple minutes goes by and the next thing he hears is, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Barabbas is sitting there. He, he, he knows the penalty that he is deserving of by, by Roman custom. The guards come in. They take, they take that man and say, Barabbas, you're, you're free to go. Um, um, guard, I, I'm sorry. Um, I... But, but I just heard the crowd yelling, screaming, crucify him. They were saying my name and the guard maybe would say something like, no, that man, he just took your place. The Bible says he who knew no sin, that man, he took the penalty of sin for us so that we might by receiving his free gift become the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. The Bible says this, Hebrews 10, 14, it says that by one offering, 
by the, by the one offering, the one sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross because he paid the penalty for our sin. Although we are still a work in progress, although we're still being made holy, although we're still being sanctified, he has called us, he has cleansed us, he has made us right with him forever. Can I tell you here, here tonight that the grace and the mercy of God, it's enough for wherever you are. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, wherever you've missed it, the grace and the mercy of God is sufficient. Romans chapter five says that where sin abounds, your brain, I got a lot of stuff. Where sin abounds, grace abounds so much more. Evelyn, we were, we, we were late to school the other day and um, we're late <clears throat> because I overslept. Don't judge me. Um, and I'm like, oh man, we, like, we, we gotta go. And so I'm hustling, getting ready. And we get in the car and, and Evelyn, she's like, ah, uh, what about breakfast, dad? And I'm like, get breakfast at school. She goes, I don't, um, I, do we have money? And, and I said, your mom She'd been filling that account. I know because it's coming out of my bank account. But, but I'm like, no, baby, you don't worry about that. If you need food, there will always be more than enough money in that account. You need food. Can I tell you, you need forgiveness. You need grace. You need mercy. You need a fresh start. You need to be forgiven. You need to be cleansed. There is always enough mercy and grace in God's account for you. Psalm 103, you, you got to hear this. is such a good scripture. Psalm 103, we're going to read a couple of them, but uh, Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12, listen to what it says. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious. Anybody, are you quick to anger? And come on, just don't, don't lie. I, am, I can be quick to anger, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. Verse 9, you, you can just go with them. It says, he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor does he punish us according to our iniquities. Verse 11, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him, those who confess, those who come before him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. I can't tell you how many times with tears in my eyes, I've stood with my arms out and said, thank you, Jesus. That even though I feel like I'm the worst right now, even though I feel like I'm such a loser, what a screw up I am. That God, you said that if I would confess my sins, that you're faithful every single time you'll do it. You're just in doing it to forgive me, to wash me and clean me, to separate me as far away as the East is from the West for my sin. Thank you, God, that even though I'm a work in progress, you don't look at me as less than. You don't identify me as a, you identify and you look at me as someone who is your son, who is right with you, who's been accepted and called perfected because of what Jesus has done. There's always enough grace and mercy for you. Number three, and we'll close right here. But, but we have to get this mindset that moving on it means moving forward. Someone say move forward. Move forward. 
Philippians 3, 13 through 14, we'll close right here with this. Um, it says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me, I reach forward. Someone say forward. I reach forward to the things which are ahead. Verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I, the other day, I was playing with Bethany. She's, she's one years old. And uh, she, she wanted my phone. I don't know where my phone is, actually. Um, Isaiah, do you have my phone again? I literally don't know where it is. Um, but she really wanted my phone. And I'm, I'm the worst dad, I guess. And uh, she really wanted my phone. And it was on, on our carpet. And so she was, like, walking towards it. And I, I know I'm the worst. And she's, you know, she's, she's one. She's like, Argh. And every time she would like gain her balance and bend over to get it, I'd go. <laughs> and I watched her walk across her whole house like. <sighs> like she, she looked like an old person in Walmart that's just trying to get their groceries. And they're like, oh, my back, my back. Okay, we can make it. I just need my medicine. And um, that's terrible, Brandon. You, Lord, forgive me. Thank you. You, I confess to you my sins. Thank you. But, but she, she just kept on reaching. She kept on reaching. She kept on. Paul, the word picture he's painting is he goes, every day I get up and here's what I do. I go, I'm, I'm not living in yesterday. God, you said that your mercy is new every morning. Yesterday might not have been my best day. God, this morning I receive freshly from you your grace, your mercy. God, I come into alignment with what you've been dealing with me about. God, for, forgive me of that. Cleanse me. I don't want to be like that, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And then I, I live in a way that I'm pressing towards, I'm reaching towards, I'm going after what God has for me. There, there's a lyric. But show of hands, have you ever heard of John Mayer? Anybody? You ever heard of Kay? Thank you so much. Earlier, I'm like John Mayer, and someone's like, who's John Mayer? And I'm like, I know I'm not that old. Please help me, Jesus. But there, there's this artist, John Mayer, and um, he has this lyric, uh, moving on and getting over are not the same, it seems to me. What a good lyric, by the way. What a good song, by the way. Isaiah was singing it earlier. And, and I, I thought of that lyric because he goes, like, moving on and getting over something, it's not actually the same. How many of you know that you can get over something and not move on? How many of you know you can get over something but not move forward? Uh, if, you, if you don't realize that, let me tell you, it's no, no worries, you, but you're probably living it. Be, because I have me, myself, and I so often been like, God, I'm never going to do that again. I promise you, God, I'm, like, I'm, I'm never, I'm never, ever, I'm not doing it again. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And just about the time that I get over it, I feel the acceptance, the forgiveness of Jesus, and I get over it. I'm like, cool. All right, well, I guess just business as usual. And and I receive the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy of Jesus, and I don't feel guilty anymore, but I don't actually move forward. 
Can, can I tell you that the goal of God's grace is not just to alleviate your guilty conscience. The goal of God's mercy and grace and forgiveness is not just so that you don't have to feel bad. It is to empower you to live for him. The Bible says in Romans chapter one that the grace of God, it is the empowerment for, someone say for, for obedience to the faith. God's grace is not just forgiveness, it's empowerment to live for him. It's empowerment to, to go after him. It's empowerment to walk in his ways. And I'm telling you tonight that getting over something is not the same as moving on. It is not the same as moving forward. And you, you gotta get a mindset in your heart that says moving on actually means moving forward. Okay, I, I, I can't just forget yesterday but then stay here. I, I have to forget what's behind me, but I got to reach forward. One of the 7,000 keyboard players we have in the room could come and play keys, wh whoever feels. Isaac, if you want to come and play. Um, I want to read you one last scripture tonight, and, and I really would ask that in the five minutes we have left that you would just, like, laser focus. Like, if I had a laser pointer, I'd point it in your eye. Laser focus. Like, that wouldn't even make sense, Brandon. What are you talking about? It, in my mind, it made sense. Ephesians 2.10. Listen to what this says. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, this is not like hard questions. Um, we're God's workmanship, like we're his master creation, like, you should look in the mirror and go, dang, God, good work, bro. Dang, masterpiece. Because the Bible goes, you're, you're God's, you're his workmanship, you're his master creation. And it says that you have been created in, or here's another way to say it, you've been born again, recreated on the inside. You've been born again into Christ Jesus or through the finished work of Jesus for something. Just, it's not hard, it's not a hard question. Altogether, what does the verse say we were cre created in Christ Jesus for? Good works. He, he goes, hey, you are, bro, you're the masterpiece of God. Man, come on, let's just go Old Testament for a second. Psalm 139, God, he knit you together in your mother's womb. Oh, no, 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 let's, let's go Old Testament. Jeremiah, he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. He knew you. He put a plan of God on your life. He set you in that family, in this time, in this place, like you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Get it tattooed somewhere. Don't forget it. You, you're the master creation of God. And he rescued you. He redeemed you. You can put it back up there. He saved you. He caused you to be born again for good works. We were not saved just so that we can go to heaven. We were saved for good works, for a purpose and a plan that God has that we should walk in. Can I tell you tonight, if you are not, you should be walking towards more of God. I'll give you just th things I wrote this in my notes, things that, that we should be pressing forward in. Number one, personal relationship with God. Are you currently right here right now? Could it be said of your life if someone was spying on you and you didn't know? Man, that's someone who is pressing towards just more of a personal relationship with God. And they wanna know God more. 
man, I've been like, I've been super creepy. I always feel like someone's watching me, like Michael Jackson kind of song. And I've been, I've been spying on that person right there. Man, it's like all they want to do is grow. All they want to do is more, know more about God. All they want to do is be closer to him. Uh, we should be pressing forward in growth and maturity. It's like, man, they don't just want to know him and be close to him. It's like they're trying to learn his ways. Like I always see him reading and studying and, and like they're always in church and they're not just there, they're engaging and they're, they're trying to grow in his ways. And, and thirdly, they're, they're trying to grow and press forward in discovering and fulfilling the plan of God for their life. Like just two questions and then I, I'm done. We're, we're done. I, Isaac, we, we're done. You don't have to stay up here forever. Um, first question is this. And please don't just let this go over your head. Like answer it internally. Do you know? Do you feel clear on the inside about the purpose and plan that God has for your life? I, I would say that for, for most of us, the answer is, nah, not really, don't, to be honest. Can I tell you what you should be doing? You should be obsessed with leaning into God saying, Hey, God, I want to know why I'm here. Hey, hey God, I, I want to know what it is you have for my life. God, I want to know. I don't just want to take up space and live life. God, I want to know what you have for me. God, by the way, you're the architect. You're the designer. So you know, the closer you get to God, the more clarity you get about his ways, about his purpose, about his plan. Maybe you do feel clear. Maybe you're like, actually, bro, crystal clear, crystal clear. I can tell you right now, you want my three points? I got three points. I know. Great. Then, then here's my question for you. Are you running after that? It's not enough to know. You got to run after it. Are you running after saying, God, I want to know you. I want to grow in relationship with you. God, I want to fulfill the purpose and plan you have for my life. It's time to move on. Can I just say to the room tonight, wherever you are, it's time to move on. It's time to, it's time to realize, God, you got more for my life. There's more in front of me than's behind me. You have good things in my future. Your mercy, your grace, it's more than enough. If I would but just humble myself, repent, confess my sin, you would forgive me, you would cleanse me. God, it's always more than enough. And I'm not just getting over this, 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 this past. God, I'm moving forward. I'm moving on in what you have for me. Paul goes, this one thing I do, Come on, last time, so I just say one thing. He goes, this one thing I do, this one thing I do, I forget yesterday, and I press forward into all this God. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.